What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Downshift Offense. I'm your host, Jesse Brooks, wanting to give you a woman's view on the automotive industry. If you're just starting listening, thanks for joining. If you came back, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about the roller coaster of the automotive industry. Last week, we talked about the difference between shops and dealerships. So I wanted to kind of go into a little bit more of the industry itself versus being a customer, being a salesman, being a service advisor, being a parts person, being a technician, and kind of give you the ins and outs, the negatives and positives of the industry. And I am actually thinking of bringing in a couple people who have worked all in those specific parts of the industry and kind of have them give you a little bit of a view of what they've done, um, what they've gone through, and, you know, just giving more perspectives. Some of them are going to be men, some of them are going to be women, partially because I don't know a lot of women who have been in parts. So, it's kind of hard for me to give that perspective. So let's get into it. I always like to start with the negatives because I always like to end on a positive note. So we're going to start with the negatives. Since I've been a technician and an advisor specifically, I'll give you a little bit more view into those. I'm sure I can probably find salesmen who have had their negatives and positives and ups and downs but I'll give you what I've heard from them, what they don't always like about being a salesman. For a technician, from that aspect, I believe one of the negatives is that, and I've always said this since the beginning, technicians get forgotten a lot because it's assumed that, one, we just kind of, do the work that because we don't have to deal with the customers it's not a big deal and a lot of times we get looked down upon because we do a lot of dirty work and I think really just in general when you do the dirty work you always get looked down upon when you have to do the clean work when you have to be presentable in front of the customers all the time it's you get treated differently so a lot of times I don't dress as a technician, partially because a lot of the jobs that I've worked at or a lot of the dealerships I've worked at had me as a porter, as a parts driver as well. And so I've had to communicate with the customers a lot more than most technicians. So for them, they really get a oh, I didn't know you were a technician. Oh, I didn't know you worked on my car. Thank you so much. But, you know, other than that, you don't always hear too many things about technicians unless we fuck up a car. Then it's, oh, well, why are they still working there? They should get fired. So, you know, I I always tell people, give technicians time because we're like doctors. We don't know what's going on with your car you're rude to us, we may not want to work on your car, you may get put to the back, you know, you never know. So, as always, make sure you take care of the technician. As far as discrimination comes, it's always who's been there the longest that gets taken care of all the time. Like, 
every time I've gone to a, a dealership, I think is always first come. Now, for promotions, that's understandable. But when it also comes down to work, even if they aren't good at the work, they will still get it. And then I've seen where they'll mess up the car and the advisor or the manager knew that they didn't know what they were doing. And they would give it to one of the new technicians and they don't get paid on it. So we have those type of situations that happen and it happens at every dealership. When it comes down to being a man or a woman, that's also that also becomes an issue because, and I can speak as a woman myself and say that you always have that, oh, you're not strong enough, so you get picked on. And I've had to learn how to do a lot of things that will show that I'm, one, stronger than you think, and two, I can take more than you think. Part of that was just how I was raised. I was told never let anybody punk you into being submissive. So I tried to to do that, especially in an industry where it's dominated by men. And even with race, I can tell you it's, it's pretty different. I've worked at eight, nine shops and dealerships. And when it comes down to black people, um, I've only seen maybe three technicians, four technicians who are black and worked with them. Um, When it comes down to Hispanics, I've seen a couple more Hispanics, not seen a lot of Asians, but a lot of times, and then when it comes down to women, I've only worked with five or six women as technicians. Now, as advisors, it's literally probably about 25% of the advisors are women that I've worked with, maybe. But it's also a revolving door, just like technicians are. When it comes down to that particular position in a dealership, it's just a revolving door. So you don't really see people stay. Actually, I've never really heard anybody stay at a particular store for their entire career. So most people in this industry have worked at at least three different shops, which is fine and okay because you always have to find your home in it. I feel like that's for every career. You have to find your home. You have to find what you want to do what you like doing, who's going to treat you right, Who who's going to make sure that you have what you need in order to be successful, and are they going to make sure that you're comfortable with what you're doing? And I think a lot of that is amazing, and unfortunately what I've seen and heard in this industry is a lot of times when you find especially managers who will treat you right, they don't always get treated right, and they take a lot of the grunt that the lower people would be taking if they hadn't put their foot on people's throats and said, you can't do this. And unfortunately, that's become rare nowadays for managers to stand up to the higher ups. And it's become more rare for really any of the higher ups to care about anybody from the lower. So you can tell how this industry has become more about making money instead of worrying about who they protect or who works for them. In this industry, it's hard to go with the customers always right because 
It's just like if a customer came up to a doctor and told the doctor, well, this is what's wrong with my car and you need to fix it. But then if we fix it and it's not what's wrong with the car, we then have the issue of the customer is going to blame us for fixing it wrong. And the problem is, is if you told us what was wrong with it and you wanted us to fix it, then how are we supposed to make you happy and how are you right in that aspect? So it's kind of like trying to tell the doctor, okay, well, it's just a cold and it's not a cold, it's a it's a flu or it's pneumonia or something more serious but you're just like okay give me these pills and that'll fix it then you'll be mad at the doctor because you're gonna be like well you didn't diagnose me you just gave me what I wanted I don't think it works like that for them so it can't work like that for us there are gonna be instances where the customer is right where you know we didn't do what we were supposed to do and you know that that makes sense but there are other times where you can't always be right so I feel like especially nowadays the customer is always right is more so to keep the customer happy but not a lot of times to keep the customer safe especially with dealing with cars we always have to make sure that a customer is safe even if you don't like what we tell you is wrong with your car we can't do anything if that's what's wrong with your car like if we tell you that you have okay about five thousand dollars worth of work to do you have five thousand dollars worth to do (laughs) of work that needs to be done another thing is the salesman syndrome is basically they will tell you anything and everything to get you in the door And as soon as they get you into the door and as soon as they get you to doing what they want you to do, they stop doing everything that they said they would do for you and or they would make you do more. And then you're doing so much for them that it becomes you kind of become a slave to that company. I've gone to a company where I was supposed to do one position and I ended up doing eight different positions so I went in there to be a loop tech manager training people and I ended up helping a technician who got into an accident help make his check then if they needed me to run a customer home I was running customers home because they got rid of their porters at one point we shut down we let go of loop techs so we didn't have any loop techs so I was being a loop tech and we were halfway down through the shop so I was doing three cars at once on top of the fact that we didn't have a sales porter so I was doing a lot of the what's called lot maintenance for them so I was doing sales porter service porter loop tech I was still being a helper because technically speaking I wasn't getting trained so I was being a helper for the person then I was helping with parts drives it was just crazy then I started getting a couple of things that the shop foreman was supposed to do I was managing the tools for master techs who the shop foreman was supposed to do that He didn't want to do it, so I ended up having to do it. So that became another job. Things kept getting added on, 
And by the time we went back to normal, I was still doing all those things. On top of the fact when people came in, I was training them. So still training, still helping, tool manager, being a sales porter, being a service porter. I mean, by the time I ended up leaving, technically paid to leave, by the time everything had ended, I was doing so many different things, there wasn't a way to really name what I was doing. And their answer was, well, we didn't ask you to do it, even though they did. I mean, I was even getting asked by the manager to do other people's tests for the manufacturer. So when I say the salesman syndrome, it's more so of do this or you can't do this or do this because we need you to do it. And they never take it away. Um, And I had to learn that you will easily get take it advantage of just because you're trying to prove that you're good to get promoted because eventually I had to explain to the manager I'm not getting trained I'll probably talk about the whole situation later but that that was part of the reason why I started this podcast was because of that but on the other side of that once I actually started getting trained after complaining about it, I got um, an amazing mentor. This mentor taught me a lot more than in a month and a half, I believe, is how long I worked under him. He taught me a lot more in a month and a half than I learned in the past four years of being in the industry. Everything from just simple tips and tricks of how to rebuild an engine to rebuilding transmissions to replacing transmissions from electrical work, diagnosing electric work, just so many different things, AC, suspension. And he taught me how to do it effectively and efficiently to the point where for that manufacturer and those models, I'm able to pull out an engine from, it took me three days to do one. It went from three days to, I would say about five hours. So pretty big jump and that was in a month and a half like I said there's a whole situation that came with that the reason why (laughs) he only had a month and a half with me but I'll probably go into that later but definitely the mentors and out of my five years I've had at least seven great mentors who have given me the tools necessary to be a great technician and gave me the tools necessary to be able to go to people and they go holy shit she knows what she's doing she's not she wasn't bullshitting when she when she says she knows what she's doing and it's really thanks to them for taking the time to tell me to teach me to actually show me the ropes and them actually being like dude I want you to be successful as a technician. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you go. Even if you don't stay here, if you go somewhere else, this is what I want you to know. And they're all different creeds of people. I mean, one was black, one was Asian, one was white, one was Hispanic. You know, they all came from all walks of life and was just teaching me about life and taught me some of their tricks of the trade. Some of them 
been in the industry for 40 years, some of them for 20. The youngest person, actually, I think the youngest was 20 years in the industry. I got to have experience from some of the best, and I say that they're the best for me because they were highly looked upon in those manufacturers. One of them came from California. One of them, people in the manufacturer corporate office knew. I think both of them, um, the manufacturers knew and was moving them from place to place because they knew what they knew. Another one, I think two of them were shop foremen, and they all just kind of took me under their wings and taught me what I needed to know. So I'm incredibly grateful for them. Another positive is they really don't like ignorance. Like if a person (laughs) comes in just doing whatever they won't accept that. Now, there's going to be some people who are going to accept it, but not everybody. And they love to speak their mind. And I think as you get older in that industry, you realize you ain't got time for that. So they really will tell you, no, we ain't about to have that up in here. You need to to either change your change how you look at things or leave. We're not about to have that. And I have seen... I have seen a whole shop run some people out. It's crazy, the power of people when they actually go, okay, I know we got our issues, but we need to get them out. I've seen a shop essentially run off a service director. I've seen a shop get technicians out, like make them quit. So, you know, it's all with about communication and wanting to work together. And I think... Just being able to see that shows that the industry can change and knows how to change is whether or not they want to change. And I think with that, it also goes along with the the brotherhood of it. It is a male-dominated industry, and they are just as catty. Men often say that women can't fight like nobody's business, but men are just like women. I actually went into the industry thinking that men were going to be cool, laid back. They weren't going to be, they weren't going to be fighting with each other so much. And I went into the industry and realized they're just as bad. So it don't matter what industry you go in, there's always going to be gossip. There's always going to be rumors. And there's always going to be someone who starts the trouble and it's not always the woman who does it it's actually pretty funny one of the first dealerships i worked at it was actually the shop foreman who was being the starter of rumors he was like i don't know in his 60s doing this i'm like okay you too old to be doing this but it okay the rumor wasn't funny because it was actually like about someone that I knew and I was actually quite pissed about it but it was funny that the person who started it was the 60 year old man not any of the other young guys but the young guys were then the ones who were sending the gossip everywhere it was weird and I was like the women here are have to be looking at y'all some type of way because Y'all always talk about how the women are the ones that do with all the rumors and gossip, and it's actually y'all, not them. So I just thought it was weird. And that's where I learned that it doesn't matter what gender you are, what you identify as, there's just going to be gossip. It don't matter. But with that, 
thanks for joining me today. I am having so much fun thus far doing this. Please like, subscribe. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on Google. I'll probably be taking polls on what y'all want to hear about. And I'm actually thinking of doing another podcast, but it's going to be more for true crime. Please look out for that. I hope y'all have a great week and I will see y'all next week. Thanks. Bye.